superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And the Emmy goes to... The Rich Eisen Show. No this manifesting thing stuff, it's starting to really work. I've been nominated for Best Studio Host. Yeah, you have! Oh, man, I, I'm a believer now, Chris. You think things and you put them out in the universe, and they happen, man. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, Fox Sports NFL analyst Michael Vick. Coming up, 14-year NBA veteran Muggsy Bogues. Alabama football head coach Nick Saban. Comedian Gabriel Iglesias. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We've got Muggsy Bogues slated to, slated to call in shortly. He's got a new book coming out, so we'll talk about that with uh, with our friend Muggsy Bogues. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial, um, and we'll take your phone calls. Nick Saban's slated to call in here in hour number two of this program. And then the uh, comedian Gabriel Iglesias will be joining us here on the program in studio. So we've got lots of laughs in store for our Number three, Chris Brockman is where he is. Hey, Rich. And uh, Jay Felly is in Mike Del Tufo's hey. seat once again. And TJ Jefferson is where he is right here on the program. We had Michael Vick on in hour number one. If you missed it, at youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Be part of the now 400,000 subscribers. We passed that milestone yesterday. And we're Ooh, yeah. uh, greatly appreciative of all of, my, yes, uh, of, all of our uh, subscribers to take in all of our content. Uh, Michael Vick was on an hour number one. He worked out with Kaepernick yesterday. He says that Kaepernick wants to do it. He's said it over and over and over again. And that Kaepernick looked good. He said Jarvis Landry was out there as well. A little juice. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. His juice is still, is he still um, free, free agent. agent? Free agent. Yeah, he is. Okay. I think people were expecting him to be in like Green Bay or something okay. by now. But I hear you. Nope. Um, and uh, you you are, were pushing for a poll question. and uh, well, I was pushing for a whole segment. I relent. Well, <laughs> I relented. <laughs> Go for it. Well, for I, it. Poll questions lead to segments, sir. It's a gate, I understand. It's, it's a gateway. It's a gateway. You're, tr- you're right. Well, Derek Carr uh, this morning signed a massive uh, three-year, $121 million extension. So, you know, that immediately puts you under the microscope in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Rich, you had the Raiders in your top five AFC teams yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was throwing out which quarterbacks are under the most pressure for 2022. Hit us up at Rich Eisen Show uh, on Twitter to vote or give us a call if you want to chime in. Uh, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott um, was added by Michael Vick. We gave him a choice. We said... 
because we were formulating this. We're like, you choose. You're the quarterback yeah. in this conversation. Uh, but who's under more pressure, Dak or Patrick Mahomes? And his answer was Dak. And I found it very interesting why he said his answer was Dak. He said all the Cowboys fans put a lot of pressure on, on uh, expectation level. And uh, we happen to have one of those right here. I see a flag, a helmet. You're the, you're to blame. I, I'm not because I'm one of the ones who say I don't know why we always talk about Dallas. Of course, you put any cowboy in a poll, good or bad, he's going to win it just because the Cowboys. No. Either, everyone has an opinion. I wouldn't on choose either him. like them or you hate them, How but you that? have an opinion. How about that? I wouldn't choose him. Well, you did say when Chris first brought it up, you did say Dak. I said Dak over Mahomes in the equation. Okay. Tua was the other one I was throwing out there. I, I, he's probably under a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I just feel like this. Outside of, like, Cowboy fans and certain people in the media, like, every year the Cowboys are in the contention talks. But do you really expect the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl? And, like, again, the pressure that I keep saying is I, I don't see how Aaron Rodgers feels it. I just don't. I don't see I, – I, I mean, I think he definitely hears what people say about him. But Mike Fick says but that it, quarterbacks it, do feel it, pressure. But if, if the, then he's making diamonds then out of it back-to-back MVP seasons. And then you could say the pressure got to him in the playoffs um, where he he missed a receiver towards the end and missed some receivers or he came out like a house of fire and was about to put uh, two touchdowns uh, to start the game on San Francisco and his tight end fumbled. And then when the snow starts to fall down and it gets colder, um, the running back that they drafted – in the same draft as Jordan Love, leading to everyone say, why'd they need him too? That guy and A.J. Dillon goes out. So if I had to choose um, on that list, it's Rodgers, it's Dak, it's Derek Carr, and it's Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I'll go Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, 22%. That's who I would vote for. Now, he might not feel pressure either, but he's the one who had been um, clearly looking over the steering wheel and seeing his professional road veering away from Seattle. And he was a guy with the Seahawks that we were hearing rumblings about not being on the same page anymore as far back as Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and Sam Darnold's draft in Dallas. Four years ago, we started catching wind of that conversation. Uh, don't be surprised if Seattle sneaks into the first round and takes quarterback. And we'd be like, what are you talking about? So he's been eager to see what happens. He's, got, he's gone from, in the same way that we talked about it with Russell Westbrook yesterday, how a change of coach for him here, where he's going to go from a guy in Frank Vogel who he feels he needed to explain to, like, I, I don't know why I needed to prove myself to this guy, to whoever's coming in and coaching will definitely look at him if he's going to be there and say, I need you. You're my guy. Different situation. Now he goes from a head coach who clearly he has a, a loggerheads with. Clearly. Something was going on there. Absolutely something was going on there. And now he goes to a spot and Nathaniel Hackett is just like, welcome, sir. We, are, we got you. I'm so psyched at my press conference. I'm a new head coach here, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hang out together. We're going to win together. This is going to be us together. 
And he's got to now do that in a spot where expectation levels are so sky high that yesterday when I did name my top five teams in the AFC, and I didn't include the Broncos, but I included every single other team in the division, you were telling me that I'm getting lit up on... Yeah, stay on out of the socials and stay such. out of the Denver area uh, for so, the I mean, well, foreseeable right. future, at least for the rest of the week. That's why I'll, I'll, I'll vote for Russ in that situation. Also, Rich, you know, the Broncos, there were talks that Aaron Rodgers might go there earlier, right? Like people thought, yes. and, and they gave up a ton because they thought they had a good enough offensive right. line, good enough receivers, yes. running back defense. So, yeah, now that Russell's there, you got to take that pressure and put it on there. People... It's Super Bowl or bust, I feel, for the Broncos. That's, at least well, that's how I think I, the fans yeah, are feeling. That's a little bit. No, no, no. no. You I don't mean, think su- that. Super Bowl and at, at, at some point during Russell's tenure. Yeah, maybe not next season, I'm saying, right. but like, I feel right. Yeah. But we're talking about just for next year. Coming out of the gate, new team, new division, and talk about pressure. I think he's going to be the visiting quarterback of the first game when the Rams raise a banner and the Broncos are on the Rams' schedule. And I think the the league's going to choose him and they to go first to Los Angeles. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. He's got a new book out called Muggsy. My life from a kid in the projects to the godfather of small ball, Muggsy Bogues is here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Muggsy? I'm good. How you doing, buddy? How you been? How you doing, Rich? Look at you with I'm a book. Fine. Look at you with a book. <laughs> you got Steph Curry and Alonzo Mourning to, to write forwards for you, too. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, some of the impact that I had on their lives, you know, so we had to put it down on paper. But right. I'm just so fortunate and blessed that I'm having this opportunity to put it out for the for fans to kind of get a behind the scenes of what my life's been all about. What's your relationship with Curry, Muggsy? What is that? Well, Stefan, you know, I, him and his me and his dad played 11 years together, nine in Charlotte, two years in uh, in Toronto, and Steph been a kid around us for so many for all those years. You know, Ben, like a little sponge, I mean, he was, you know, as a kid, he just always wished that he could just get the 5-3. He felt like if he get the 5-3, he could make it to the pros. <laughs> but by watching, you know, by watching me doing my thing. So that was an inspiration for him. And I think the impact that I had on his life and his career, I mean, he always speak highly of me. Well, I got to tell you, Muggsy, I mean, just seeing how long you were in the league, 14 years, and at your your – your height at 5'3", and, uh, you know, we had Charles Oakley on here. He had a book coming out about a month and a half ago, and just the relish he would he would talk about putting people on their ass when he was there, and Mahorn, and the rest of the league the way it was. The fact that you were amongst those tall trees, how tough was it for you, Muggsy, back in those days? Well, I don't think he was any tougher than me than it was for anybody else. You know, as a player, as a, a competitor, you know, you're out there just trying to prove that you belong. And for me at that position, you know, trying to break down those barriers and let position, regardless of the size, is all about the skill set. And having that mindset allowed me to kind of just continue to keep competing with the best of them out there. You know, the mindset I always had, I play against the best and have success against the best. I need to be included with the best. And taking that attitude night in and night out allowed me to play against the best girls in the world. So, who? I mean, you must have been told so many times you couldn't, right? There's no chance, oh. right? <laughs> Every aspect of the way. Nobody really believed that I was capable of doing what I was able to do. You know, because back in those days, you know, coaches wanted big guards. You know, that's the mindset. Big guards running my program. 
So trying to break that barrier down, trying to, you know, be out there to impact the game the way I was able to do, you know, that was the only way I was able to, to get across and get the people to believe that I was capable of playing on that level. And that's why I say having success against the best, playing against the best, you must be included with the best. So uh, who are you proudest to have achieved against, Muggsy, in your career? Well, it's not one individual. It's just the whole the whole journey, you know, to being able to uh, overcome all the naysayers. Like Jordan? You didn't have any times with Jordan out on the court and you beat him crossover or something like that, Muggsy? you got to have something <laughs> for me on that front. Right? Well, you know, you know, Jordan was the biggest trash talker of them all out there. And uh, playing against, you know, he didn't play my position, but of course we came across one another uh, doing the switches, and he always had something to say in terms of when he tried to go against me. You know, I think the biggest thing is the, the, the one that's pretty evident is when we played him in the playoffs, and he trying to back me in. And of course, he talked to my little fella about to do this, and of course, I'm, I'm telling him to bring it. And unfortunately for us, you know, it was uh, unfortunate for us, we got an illegal defense called on us. Oh, illegal defense? Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's they, they got that now. These uh, I don't know if they had it back in these, in this day, but they had it back in our day. Yeah, no, I remember that the illegal defense. So he's backing you down, and he 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 was calling you all sorts of choice words, Muggsy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I was standing my ground. Of course, you know, I stripped the ball from him. Okay, I stripped the ball from him. Very and, good. Um, and he. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. So how'd you wind up in Space Jam? Is that how that, but the illegal defense gets called, and that's when he invited you to be on Space Jam at that very moment in time, Muggy, right? Well, the Space Jam was happened to be, we all had the same agent. And, uh, you know, at the time, I didn't think I was going to be able to do the, the scene because of my knee. I had just had surgery. And they had uh, Tim Hardaway come out there and kind of read my lines. And But once I got out there, and I guess I was able to read my lines, it created an opportunity where, because I couldn't walk, so I was able to fulfill my obligations with my lines, and I, I wound up being on the on the uh, in the movie. Well, Muggsy, look, man, uh, your your phone keeps cutting in and out, but I, I I'd love to have you back on at an, at another time. Um, and you know, your book's going to come out maybe when it comes out and uh, you know uh, on paperback or something like that. We'll we'll maybe get you in studio or something like that. But in the meantime, it was great to have you on the program, and good luck with the book. Oh, appreciate it, man. Sorry about the connection. All good. That's Muggsy Bogues right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody go check out his new book. His new book about his uh, life and times and being the godfather of small ball. My life from a kid in the projects to the godfather of small ball. Muggsy Bogues here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break. And when we come back, none other than Nick Saban, the head coach of Alabama football, going to be joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. And I am praying to the gods he has a landline. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network telling a story about Jim Moore um, Jr. Um, telling us a story when he was a head coach of the Falcons wanting to get Michael better and wanted to see if Michael was really into the idea of being better. Michael Vick gave him a, a, a disc, a DVD of all the plays you need to take a look at. Um, and Vic handed it back to him the next day saying, saw all these things, got a coach, I, I'm on it. it great. And he opened <laughs> it up and the $100 bill he put in the DVD case was still sitting in there. He didn't look at it. So when Vic is saying, hey, you know, I'm, I wish I'd, I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd focused on this. I wish I'd focused on that. That's what he's referring to. You know, he was clearly not focused on, on the professional side of things as much as now he wishes he had been. And then just talking to him about Lamar Jackson and how Lamar is just his own unique self. And he has none of those off-the-field issues, obviously. It's just the question is, when's he, when's he going to take the bag that's uh, being requested of him by the Ravens? Offered. Offered. Well, I mean, they haven't. I don't know if they've offered anything. I don't know if they've had anything like here's on the yeah, table and he's left it there. I don't think it. I, I think it's just like when when can we talk yeah, about it? When can it? we talk about when it? When do you want to talk about it? Yeah, true, true. Maybe they should just throw all that money on the table. <laughs> like Breaking Bad. Like style? Breaking Bad. Like take them <laughs> to like, take them to some sort of you know the, uh, the, the storage, storage unit. Storage yeah. unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hugh unlock it. Yeah, find Huel and Bill Burr. Because uh, <laughs> Huel's got the key. They can take so. a nap on it, there. and then uh, let's go. Yeah, where, where's Huel? Huel's yeah, still no, sitting, he's right? Still laying he's there. waiting, man. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> he's still sitting there, right? Yeah, is Huel going to show up in Better Call Saul? I really hope Well, so. I mean, the word is after Giancarlo Esposito left here on Friday is that Better Call Saul's final season's episode will have uh, both, right, um, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston. Mm, yeah, I did see boy, that. Boy, I can't wait for that. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, pleased to have back on here um, after sending 11 players from his top-notch program to the Combine. Yet another draft season for a man who uh, we're pleased to have back here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, the Alabama Crimson Tide football head coach, Nick Saban. How you doing, Coach Saban? Doing great. How you guys doing? We are hanging in there. What is your day? What is your day in, in April, two weeks before the draft look like? Walk me through that, Coach Saban. Well, we're in spring practice, so you know our our process here is focusing on rebuilding our team uh, from you know last year's team to next year's team, and you know off season program spring practice is you know prime time to try to do that. So this is our last week of spring practice. So. That's where our focus is, is we do everything we can to help our players who are going out for the draft, but we also have to, you know, do everything we can to develop the players we have on our team now. And um, can you already see um, Bryce Young uh, and a potential step-up improvement, anything like that? Can you already see that in an eye test on a field right now? Well, Bryce played, uh, you know, fantastic for us last year, and no, he's had a good spring, but you know, spring sometimes is a bit of a work in progress because you know we lost some starters on offense. I think we had five back, but we had three more, you know, that were out with injuries from the season. So you know, we had a lot of young guys playing, which is really good for the development of your team. Um, 
So his leadership uh, and the things that he's done, you know, this spring to help those guys develop has been uh, probably as good a contribution as you could expect from anybody, but he has done extremely well himself. And what did he, do you think, take out of the national championship game from that experience? Uh, well, you know, I, look, you know, sometimes you don't have very good luck, and Georgia had a really good team, but we lost both of our starting corners in the last two games, and we lost both of you know our best receivers that will both get drafted fairly high probably, and you know, you always want to have guys that can guard their guys and have guys on your team that they can't guard. And um, when those two guys went down, you know, all those mismatches kind of went the other way. And they pressured the quarterback a lot because we didn't have, you know, great skill guys outside that they were afraid they couldn't cover. And that made a huge difference in the game. So, um, you know, I thought he played well, but I, I didn't think that, you know, the guys that got an opportunity at receiver when – um, you know, J-Mo got hurt and Mechie was out, that um, they, they were ready to take advantage of their opportunity. And coaches that I've uh, gotten to know and speak to uh, in my time, Coach Nick Saban, as they um, get uh, deeper and deeper into their careers, the losses um, sit and last longer emotionally than the wins do. Um, where, where does something like that sit with you, a last game like that? Well, it's not just about me. It's about the players on the team. I mean, uh, you want this team who worked hard and, you know, made great investment um, and sacrifices to try to do the work necessary to have a great team to be able to succeed in the end. Um, And the disappointment comes that, you know, they're all disappointed that they weren't able to you know, finish. Uh, they did a great job of winning the SEC championship and getting in the playoffs and uh, just, you know, ran out of gas against a really, really good team in the national championship game. And, you know, some of the losing some key players probably contributed to that, but uh, they still put their heart and soul in it. And I appreciate their efforts, but I also feel bad that we couldn't do more to help them. Seven-time national champion head coach, uh, Alabama football's Nick Saban here on the Rich Eisen Show. How is Jamison Williams faring right now? I know he wasn't uh, able to participate physically in the uh, pro day that you just recently had, but how how is he? Do you He's think? doing great. I mean, I mean, you know, his surgery was uh, very successful. Um, you know, sometimes when you have ACLs, there's, you know, other complications that go with the knee injury that can you know, sort of be a little bit of an inhibitor when it comes to rehab. Um, he and Mechie both, you know, had just clean ACLs that are very fixable. Um, and both of them have done really, really well in rehab. And I think both of them will be, you know, ready to roll um, for the season. And so what about Evan Neal as well? Um, I, I th- There's nothing about about him that isn't so off the charts impressive including i mean when he was walking around the combine coach and i saw what he weighed and what he looked like i can't i i didn't think human beings could have that sort of proportion to me well you know know, he is has great size um but you know he's a fine young man has a great attitude great work ethic um you know can probably play you know, all four line positions um, because of his size and length and power. And um, 
So somebody's going to get a really good person and a really good player, whoever decides to pick him. So well, how much does your phone ring from uh, coaches in the NFL these days talking about your guys? It rings. Uh, I, just <laughs> got, I just got off the phone when I started talking to you. So, okay. um, but um, How was Bill then? How was Bill? How Bill Belichick? Yeah, I just took a stab. That, that was one of the 32 right there. That no, I that, that wasn't him. He, okay. he was here for pro day, so we spent, okay. you know, he was here for two days actually and got to spend a lot of time with him. So we do a lot of our talking face-to-face if we get the opportunity. Okay. So you just got off the phone with an actual uh, head coach in the NFL then? That... No, just a okay. personnel general manager, you know, defensive coordinator. You know, they all – and, and, you know, being in the NFL for eight years, you know a lot of people. So people that know you usually call because they figure, you know, they'll get a little better answer than somebody you don't know. But, um, it, look, we do everything we can to help our players. They've done a great job for us. And, you know, most of their goal is that they can play in the NFL someday. So, um you know, the best thing for them is to get a great opportunity. The best thing for us is that they do well with the opportunity. So try to do everything we can to help them. Nick Saban here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, a quote that uh, clanked around quite a bit uh, amongst all of uh, the media came from Dabo Swinney up in Clemson. I'm wondering what you think. He said, quote, I think there's going to be a complete blow-up and restructuring of all of college athletics, especially football, and there needs to be. And that was based off of a conversation he was having in regards to NIL. Would you agree with that assessment of the sport, Nick Saban? Uh, I, I, um, I think there's, there's some concerns in the direction that we're going. I think it's a combination of things, probably. Um, you know, name, image, and likeness is a great concept, uh, and it's very good for the players, and I'm all for it. And I think the whole idea of the concept was that players had the opportunity um, to go out and create opportunities for themselves and use their name, image, and likeness to make money. Well, we all got to work when we went to college, so I didn't see anything wrong with that. I think where it makes it crazy is people start these collectibles where you raise money you know, from your alumni to basically support a marketing group to pay your players, that's creating opportunities, and I don't think that was anybody's intention. And if you use that to enhance the transfer portal to get somebody to come to your school or to get a a young player to come to your school, then, you know, I think that's where, you know, there's some unintended consequences of, you know, what the original good idea of name, image, and likeness was, were really intended to be so and i and i think that that's going to create a little bit of an unplay fair unplay unfair playing field everything we've always done in college is you know try to be equal so you have some kind of equal parity competition whatever um so will there be some changes maybe uh do i have the solution uh no but um I think that it's a little bit of the wild, wild west right now, and I think that's what people are trying to, you know, bring under some kind of control so that um, we don't let things get away from us. And it doesn't impact opportunities for other students. I mean, there's a lot of student-athletes that get an opportunity to improve the quality of their life because they play college tennis or softball or golf or whatever. And those aren't revenue sports, but they're sports that, 
you know, people gain opportunities, and hopefully we can keep the integrity of college sports so that uh, they all continue to get opportunities to compete as well as, you know, improve the quality of their life by getting an education. Well, how does this adversely affect uh, your program? Because, uh, you know, I'm sure those who heard your, your answer or when they hear it will say playing field, you know, Alabama, obviously, you know, you you have won more than you have lost. How, how does this affect Alabama and and uh, affect your figurative playing field? Nick well, Saban? we're not we're doing everything we can not to let it affect it. Um so we're going to try to adapt and do the things that we need to do so that we can continue to look. Our whole program here is about developing a platform to help people develop personally, academically, and athletically so they can have more success in their life because they were involved in the program. And so develop and occur off the field, develop and occur on the field, those are things that we've been really, really good at. So we're going to continue to try to focus on those things because the long-term value that we can create for a player uh, is much more um, of an asset to the future of players than what they're going to make in name, image, and likeness or whatever. So we're going to continue to you know, have an excellent platform for people to be successful, and uh, we'll adapt and do the things that we need to do to be able to continue to be competitive. And uh, you, you, your colleague up in North Carolina, we had Mac Brown on this program the other day, Nick Saban, and he said players are walking into his office and saying, you pay me this much in NIL, I'm coming, and if not, I'm going. Does anyone have the temerity to do that to you at Alabama, Nick Saban? Uh, no, I've kind of set the parameters with our players of, you know, what, what what's happening, but um, I think that's really not... Look, if anything is impairs a player's ability to focus on development personally academically and athletically when they're going to college then we need to fix it and if people are doing what you just said i don't think they're focusing on their development and um they're focusing on where can i make the most money i'm not sure that's what college student athletes you know should really be focusing on and i'm all for them getting what they can get you know our our players made almost three million dollars last year in name image and likeness but they earned it you know they earned it because they were good players that worked hard they had a great image and reputation because of you know uh who they were and what they were able to accomplish and um that's that's what we wanted to continue to be Nick Saban here on the Rich Eisen Show. In the couple minutes I have left with you, sir, um, Tua in Miami seems to have a heck of an opportunity right in front of him um, where Tyreek Hill has just been added. You know, Cedric Wilson from Dallas brought in, and we all know you know what Jalen Waddell can do. What do you think Tua can do uh, under these circumstances in a former place of your um, endeavors, Nick Saban? Wow kind of interesting that you would ask about Tua. He's having a luau, uh, which is a part of his uh, charity program, um, which I'm going to actually see him tonight. Okay. So, um, look, Tua's a great person. He's a great player. Um, I think, you know, in the right system with the right people around him, uh, he'll do extremely well. Uh, and, um, you know, he obviously played, you know, great when he was here. Um and if it wasn't for, you know, being a little unlucky with some injuries, he probably would have done a lot lot more. 
So um, uh, always excited to see our players do well, and I'm very confident that he will do extremely well in Miami as well. Uh, do you think this is Bryce Young's last year for you? Are you entering this year under that assumption? Uh, Nick we, we don't make assumptions. You know, we, we don't. Um, you know, we, we're, we're doing things day to day. You know, we're going to do everything we can to help Bryce Young be as successful as he can be. And if he's going to be a first-round draft pick next year, you know, we'll be the first ones that encourage him to take advantage of the opportunity. So, um, but again, our focus is on his development now so that he can create that kind of value for himself in his future. And, um, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time answering hypothetical questions. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think that's, you know, pretty hypothetical question you just asked me. So we're just kind of focusing here one day at a time. Did I just introduce rat poison into this equation? I'm sorry if I did that. To some degree you did, but that's okay. (laughs) I do love that phrase. I don't know. Who, where'd you get that one from? Rat poison. Where'd you get that one? It's a psychological disposition that, you know, people read and hear about how good they are. Or, yes. um, it, uh, you know, develops complacency, which develops a blatant disregard for doing what's right, which helps you create bad habits, which means you don't play as good. So, um, it's poison in the mind, so you can make it any kind of poison you want it to be. And on the other side of it, sometimes when you get criticized, it, you know, you respond things the right way, so, you know, there's some good rat poison. Yeah, I heard you say that one year, uh, just last year, right? There was good rat poison. Yeah. Coming in, coming into the, what, the, the national semifinal, there was good rat poison for you guys yeah, or something like that? That's right, yeah. Okay, I so, like that. But, you know, ideally, you'd like for person people not to be motivated uh, or complacent, but have enough internal motivation themselves to want to be the best that they can be. That they wouldn't wouldn't be affected by either one of those things that we just talked about. Okay. Uh, do I see you in Vegas? Are you in Las Vegas, or you're you're not? Will you be oh, physically? I, I, I don't know. I don't know which one of our players are going. And um, right. You know. So um, my son's getting married that weekend. So it's a little tight with Miss Terry and how we can organize things. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to the. Okay. Well, I, I, hope haven't, to... I haven't got my orders yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my best to Tua. I do hope uh, I do get to cross paths with you in uh, Vegas and always appreciate your, your time on this program, Coach. Thanks for the call. Right, Rich. Appreciate Thank it. You. You Thank you. Thank you too. That's uh, the head coach of Alabama football, Nick Saban. I um, I got uh, called out for the rat poison, and but I did get a very good uh, response as to what he considers rat poison. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. It's all of that. Interesting. Oh, man. I mean, he's got it all working. He does. Just... There's no reason to ever leave or ever stop. The machine will keep going forever and ever. And that's the, the high end of the high end of the high end in any sport right there. Greatly appreciate him calling in. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Um, let's talk Raiders. Let's just talk about the Raiders. And we come back. I got on them yesterday. I got them on. I'm. I'm. I'm on. I'm on board. That's next on the Rich Eisen show.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. What was yesterday's date? Yesterday mm-hmm. was the 12th. 12th. Today is the 13th. April 12th, 2022. The day I officially got on the Las Vegas Raiders. I want it, I want it noted. I want it noted. You're in. I decided yesterday, top five teams in the American Football yeah, Conference. You went for it, I sure did. Left the Titans out. They were the number one seed. Left the Ravens out. Lamar's coming back healthy. Left the Browns out, even though they got Deshaun Watson. Left the Colts out, even though they were on the outside looking in of the top seven last year, right? Could have made it. Left out... Uh, the Denver Broncos, who just improved greatly with Russell Wilson, right? Left out the Dolphins, who have done a ton to surround Tua with talent, including the head coach, Mike McDaniel. Left out those teams. Heard from a lot of people on those fronts. Sorry. Put the Chiefs fifth, because I like Patrick Mahomes. I love Travis Kelsey. They're still there, and I figure this is a draft still to come. Don't forget, I'm doing this before the draft. So a lot could change. A lot could change in the yeah. draft. Lots can change. Baker Mayfield's going to wind up somewhere, and he's going to have a huge-ass chip on his shoulder, and I don't know if that team's going to be in the American Football Conference. It's probably not going to be. But bottom line is, I took the Chargers, put them at fourth, and then I took the Raiders and put them at third. I made them the third-best team Ooh. in the American Football Conference. Maybe. That's a team, as we all know, as we all know. Hey, guys, you tell me this. You tell me this. No, hold on a minute. I know you're a Raider fan, Jay Felly. You tell me this. You tell me this. Um, Raiders gave the Bengals run for their money at home, didn't they? In the playoffs? Uh, yeah. Came down to some final plays. It's by the way, penalty. Right. Uh, final plays. Yeah. Some guy stepped out of bounds, threw a touchdown anyway, right? Yeah. With the whistle being blown and all that business, eh, they would have scored it. Anyway. Look, Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders were Raiders were, uh, I think, at the end of their run last year. The way that they were going, yeah, um, they played great. with their interim coach. Yeah, the yeah, the fact that they did what they did last year with Henry Ruggs and John Gruden and you know yeah. different ends of the spectrum as to what would be termed a distraction. But they had a decision to make after they bounced my friend Mike and told Rich Bisaccia, thanks for the run, and reached into the New England system where Josh McDaniels was apparently the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. Now there's really no apparent, and there is an heir on the team, legitimately for 
Bill and his son. We don't know if that's the football heir. But you just, again, put it all together. They had a decision to make when they took Josh McDaniels. What about Derek Carr? And I left the, com- the combine hearing that the Colts were all over the Raiders like the proverbial rat on cheese, like the white on rice, okay, to go get Derek Carr. Interesting. That's what I was hearing because it was apparent uh, Wentz wasn't coming back there. That's what I was hearing. And it would have taken a lot, I would think, to go get him. And they didn't have a first-round pick. And I'm wondering if that might have had something to do with it. That if the, for the right price, would the Raiders have done that, started from scratch, and instead they went in the complete opposite direction and shocked the world by acquiring Devontae Adams, of all people, and hooking him up with his old college teammate. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Kind of reminded everybody of just where Derek Carr came from and how good he was in college and how he slipped down to the second round despite being as good as he was in college. Maybe it's because it was a Fresno State program that sent his brother to the league as number one overall, and he didn't perform very well in Houston. It didn't work out as well for him in Houston. And they were just taking that and putting it on him. And let's we kind of also forgot the Raiders with Jack Del Rio as the coach. Made the playoffs one year. And Derek Carr had a really good year. And they made it as a wild card instead of the division winner because Carr got hurt at the end. And they ran out of people to use. I mean, they they started Connor Cook, man, of Michigan State in that playoff game that year. Lost to Houston. And we all have carped on Derek Carr, and I had my say about it. When Gruden took over, Gruden just Gruden's favorite quarterback was somebody else's quarterback, <laughs> you know, or Gruden's game. favorite quarterback was the next quarterback that he's yeah. he was he's constantly churning to find another quarterback, never happy with the quarterback that he has, wants right, a more right. veteran quarterback than the one he is as, and and you know, knock on wood, if you're with me, he kept on uh, keeping on with Nathan Peterman, but I'll tell you about you Nathan Peterman, but Derek Carr the last well, couple of years has been a Terrific quarterback. I said the words. And they got Darren Waller, and Darren Waller, you know, made the most of his opportunity, but who's throwing him the ball? You know, Hunter Renfro, first in Renfro. These guys moving the chains. Who's the one moving the ball? Derek Carr. Now then, he has now officially been pizzed, though. Baby. Three years, buck 21. You can do the math. That's 40 million a year. He's number four in your program, and that four now leads his annual salary. Pay that man his money. They did. They did. In Las Vegas, where I believe Teddy KGB might have spent some time in his day. <laughs> Just assuming. And I like it. They've gone all in on the guy, haven't they? Derek Carr has four straight 4,000-yard passing. Derek Carr is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL who is being described as the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's got some competition in that in that uh, department, right? Cousins? Kirk D. Cousins? I mean, statistically, right? Kirk had a great year last year. Understood. Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes that dude. But I think what Derek Carr does is something that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. He spoke so eloquently after Henry Ruggs killed that poor woman and her dog 
Yeah, he really did. He yeah. spoke so eloquently when John Gruden disappeared or was made to disappear, however you want to put it. Poof. He's a leader, man. That guy is a leader, and he takes it in the chops, too, on the field. And I just kind of dig it that he's they're, – they're, they're all in on him. Didn't you think when Josh McDaniels got hired at some point in the meeting, everybody thought, it's just like, I can't win with that guy. Let's figure out how what to do with this guy. Fair or not. But kind of like we said at the time, Rich, like who are they going to go get? That could be better than what Derek's done I, in the last. I, I don't think there was anybody available to do that. Right. But um, you hear the way that this guy gets referred to across the NFL, and it's never, you know, even top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's paid like one now. So it's time. And I like what they did with Chandler Jones on the other side of Max Crosby. And I like the guys that Mayock has drafted and left behind, by the way. I would just, again, love a list of who Mayock wanted and Gruden took or Gruden took with Mayock's opinion or Gruden just took and Mike had nothing to do with. I I don't know what the answer is to that. But they've got a quarterback who can deliver it to somebody like Devontae Adams. How many first top overall quarterback uh, um, receivers wind up getting moved, let alone move to a spot where the quarterback who's already there has a chemistry built in. Just blow off the dust. And there it is. I bet you they're already on the same page just like it's been yesterday. Uh, I mean, I hope so. Devontae Adams is Instagramming out and putting on a story, you know, um, Derek Carr sitting in the shotgun seat of his car. I love Josh Jacobs, man, whose coach just we just hung up from, college coach. I love him when he stays healthy. Kenyon Drake behind him. Also, Adams Hunter is Renfro. from that area, right? Huh? Isn't Adams from the Bay Area, so he's kind of going home, too? I just love what they're building. And by the way, Daniel Carlson, you know how I feel about kickers. Kickers. How good is he, by the way? Yeah, he had a good year last year. He you sure do, did. You want to do top five That's... QB wide receiver kicker trios nice. in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. Triplets. Use the word triplet because Tri- yeah. it is a triplet. Well, it's not the triplets, but you know. It's a triplet. It's a triplet. It's, it's, it's more, it's, it's more uh, what, uh, Kirk triplet than any other triplet? It's a trio. It's a triad. Jeff, Jeff. How about Jeff, that? Oh, it's more Jeff triplet. Jeff yeah, triplet. yeah. I should stick around. Broccoli, I should, stay in, I should stay in my lane. <laughs> but I'm just saying this. This is my reasoning behind putting the Raiders in first place in the toughest division in football. And I think the belief in Derek Carr surrounding him with not only the top talented wide receiver in the NFL that nobody thought was available. And now they've paid him. And they've paid him that respect. And Josh McDaniels is going to dial it up. That's why I chose the Raiders. That's why I'm on the Raiders. (laughs) I'm on him. That's why. I might go down with the pirate ship, but I don't think I will. And by the way, I'll be in Vegas in two weeks. You can buy me a drink. <laughs> Rich, speaking of Josh McDaniels. Uh, I'll take it. What? You're laughing about that? No, I'm not. I'm jealous that I'm not going to be in Vegas with you consuming beverages <laughs> <laughs> that we get for free by Raider fans. On the arm, as they say. Yeah, in Vegas. on the arm. Speaking of Josh McDaniels, in hour three after our next guest, I, I, I 
there's a little Bill Belichick sighting that I was privy to, and I want to share it with you guys next hour. Oh. I had to send something into the guys at home. So after okay, our guest, very but, good. And your yeah. phone calls. And Baker Mayfield has spoken on a podcast, and his comments. My two cents on all of that. You're gonna see Brent while you're in Vegas. I don't know. I should reach out to him. I mean, you guys should do dinner for sure. Draft night. I should do dinner draft night with Brent. Oh, great idea. that's the case, I'm flying in Thursday. Okay. Just to come. We could just drive, Chris. You know, make too long of a drive. TJ, I'll drive to Vegas (laughs) I'll drive. I'll put the mattress uh, out on the the roof of the Bellagio. By the way, Rich, done. And it was at Caesars, but it's done. Oh, Caesars. Done. I'll take a closet. That's right. Couch. Not, yeah, okay. But well, we got to get back for work the next day. So. Uh, Bellagio is where worry, the, uh, we'll the draft set's going to be out in front of. Are you buying? Are you, are you picking up the tap for dinner though? If we come for out? who? For me and Chris. For you and, and Feller. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it's Brent's. <laughs> it's Brent's hometown. He's got the. Tap. Oh, that's true. I got that right here. Come on. Yeah. Oh, should, yeah, sure. Why not? There you go. <laughs> Why? That's my guy, Connavale. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias is about to come out here, guys. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. Man, he, this guy's amazing. His third Netflix special um, and his Dodger Stadium show is going to be part of that. How about that? Oh, he's going to the He'll be in the Mirage this coming this weekend. What's 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 that like, you think? Amazing. Playing Vegas three nights sold out. What's that like? As someone who's been uh, like kind of behind the scenes yes. for those types of trips. Great, right? It's amazing. just bananas. The energy is off the charts. Also, it's like when you have a crowd of people, right? And I picked them on this, obviously, when you watch any sporting event, just saw it at wrestling. But when you have that many people, man, and they're there for you yeah. and you're controlling them with like yeah. that, that feeling has to be amazing. the Dude, most incredible doing feeling Doing stand-up in the world. comedy like I did back in college in just small rooms and just making everybody laugh. It's great. Yeah, and and you weren't selling they, out Dodger Stadium. And then when they don't laugh, it's freaking oh, man, miserable. It's the worst, right? <laughs> well, miserable. I don't think he has many of those nights, so... That's good. That's good. Coming out, everybody. Coming out. Like Brent.